0: This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled, Keeping the Faith, Great Lakes, Book of Mormon Geography, by Michael R. Ash, read by Ned Skarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at deseretnews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. Beginning in the early 1990s, several Latter-day Saints jumped on the Great Lakes Book of Mormon Geography bandwagon. Because the Great Lakes and Mesoamerican models are by far the two most popular, I plan to spend the next several issues discussing them. The first Latter-day Saint to publish a Great Lakes model appears to be Delbert Curtis, who in 1988 published the booklet The Land of the Nephites in 1993, he expanded his argument in a book called Christ in North America. Since 1988, other Latter-day Saint authors have also promoted their version of the Great Lakes model. These include Dwayne Ashton, Return to Camorra, 1998, and The Other Side of Camorra in 2003, Paul Henggren, The Land of Nephi in 1995, Phyllis Olive, Lost Lands of the Book of Mormon in the year 2000, Ed Goebel and Wayne May, This Land, Zarahemla and the Nephite Nation, Only One Cumorah, 2002, Rodney Meldrum, DNA Evidence for Book of Mormon Geography, a DVD in 2003, and Rediscovering the Book of Mormon Remnant Through DNA in 2009, and Meldrum with Bruce Porter, Prophecies and Promises, The Book of Mormon and the United States of America, in 2009. Tangentially, unrelated to the strength or weakness of any model, there are some interesting dynamics among some of these authors. Dwayne Ashton was once a supporter of the Mesoamerican model, but shifted his focus to the Great Lakes region. Conversely, Ed Gobel once believed that the Book of Mormon events happened in the Great Lakes vicinity, but now leans in favor of a Mesoamerican model. May, Meldrum, Porter, and LDS Travel Agency president Brian Mickelson were all partners in a Book of Mormon geography group that formed a website and sponsored seminars, but Meldrum eventually left the group for financial reasons. According to Michael DeGroat's Deseret News article, Due to disputes in the sharing of profits, Meldrum decided to host his own conference. Rod does for a living, Porter told the Deseret News, and everybody has a right to earn a living. The quality of arguments for a Great Lakes model varies from proponent to proponent, and ranges from scholarly and informed to naive and uninformed. Common arguments that can be found in the works of several advocates include the following. 1. The word lake is never used in the Book of Mormon, other than metaphorically. The word sea could easily refer to lakes, just as the Dead Sea doesn't denote an actual sea, therefore the Great Lakes could be Book of Mormon seas. 2. The Camorra of the Book of Mormon is the same hill in New York from which Joseph Retrieve the plates. 3. The Book of Mormon contains prophecies about the promised land that have been fulfilled, or yet to be fulfilled, in and only the United States of America. Hence, this would rule out any non-U.S. geography model. 4. Joseph Smith made several comments which suggest that ancient remains Discovered in their vicinity once belonged to the Book of Mormon people. Number five, Joseph Smith and the Doctrine and Covenants referred to the Native Americans in their area as Lamanites. Some Great Lakes promoters have also claimed the following Number six, DNA science gives strong indications that some Native Americans, specifically those in one Great Lakes model, are descendants of Middle Eastern nations. Number 7. Some ancient American artifacts, specifically those known as the Michigan Relics, provide powerful evidence that the Bible was known in pre-Columbian American Northeast. In the next few issues, I'd like to address the five most common claims that seem to support the Great Lakes model, but in this issue, I will address the last two topics on the list, DNA and the Michigan Relics. In several earlier articles, I demonstrated that DNA cannot currently and might not ever be able to verify the Book of Mormon. Those who claim otherwise, or who claim that DNA supports their particular geographic model, buttress their claims by cherry-picking scientific quotes and distorting their context while actually rejecting the very science behind DNA research. In a recent review of the topic, Published by BYU's Maxwell Institute, Dr. Gregory Smith details why the DNA proves the Book of Mormon claim is false. The Michigan relics are a loose collection of copper, slate, and clay pieces discovered in the Hopewell Indian mounds of Michigan from the late 19th century until the 1920s. Many of these relics are inscribed with various old World or support Old World texts, or with glyphs depicting various scenes from the Bible. The problem is that the relics are all fakes, hoaxes produced, buried, and discovered, and marketed by several men looking for fame and fortune. After carefully examining the relics, Elder James Talmage, a scientist and apostle, declared them to be blatant forgeries. Several non LDS scientists have agreed. The Michigan relics do not support the Book of Mormon or one particular geography, and it is deceptive to suggest that they do. If you like this podcast, you can help promote it by subscribing to it on iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book, Shaken Faith Syndrome, strengthening one's testimony in the face of criticism and doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints or that of Fair Mormon.